this? Well, fortunately, Jesus is crystal clear in verse 14. He says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He is led by serving, and he tells us to do likewise. This command itself, church, is a gift to us. It's a gift to us. Let me suggest three ways in which servant leadership is a gift that we should be receiving today, tomorrow, and always. I want to talk first to those in authority. Anyone here who's in authority among other Christians? Here's how you can receive the gift of servant leadership. Everything you do should be regarded by you as service. Everything. We must confront the temptation to use our power selfishly for our own benefit. This is something every leader faces to some degree or another. Paul David Tripp is wise when he writes this, perhaps there is no more powerful, seductive, and deceitful temptation in ministry than self-glory. Leaders, we must fight this temptation boldly and actively in the name of Jesus. Whether you are a parent or a pastor, a lay leader or an ordained leader, a discipler or a ministry director, then you are called by Christ to serve. That perspective should fill your entire vision of your leadership. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. Servants, full stop. Then in his second letter to them, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. God did not give you authority for your own sake, but for the sake of others. If you have any measure of authority over Christ's people, he did not give that to you for your own sake, but for the sake of the people that you serve. Ask him to fix this in your mind, to never let it depart, to chase away any desire that you have to use your position to serve yourself. Your calling to lead is a calling to die to yourself. This, this, this is exactly what God is doing in you. He has called you to this to conform you by the Spirit to the image of your Savior. That's why it's a gift to you. That's why this calling to servant leadership is a gift to you because it is a means by which you are being made into the likeness of your Savior. So let the posture and the work of Jesus in this passage challenge you as it should. Are you motivated by love, leaders? Are you embracing both your calling as a leader and your identity as an adopted and beloved child of God? Do you serve clearly, quietly, and humbly? Are you moving towards real needs of the people that you're called to serve? Are you gracious and impartial towards those in your care? An image I often come back to when I think about my pastoral calling especially when I preach as that of a waiter. We all know how inappropriate it would be if a waiter served you your food and then came back later and kind of hung around, kind of waiting for that thanks. You like your food? 
kind of waiting for someone to say, yeah, it's really good. Thanks for bringing it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Just, I just, I just hope you'd like it. I worked really hard on that. Who's making the food? The person in the kitchen, right? The waiter just brings the food to the people. The most that a waiter would ever hear is, give my compliments to the chef, right? And you say, okay, I'll tell them. You might enjoy that the people enjoyed the food. That's great, that's fine. But don't seek the glory. It's silly for a waiter to do that. Servant leadership, it mortifies that sin in us that wants to get the glory. We want the attention. It puts to death the old self. And that's why it's a gift to you. If you're a leader today, it's a gift to you. It's a means of your sanctification. As you follow Christ's example, it's going to clarify for you in your own mind and heart, and it's going to clarify for other people just how beautiful Christ is. How worthy of worship he is. Not you. The second point of application here, the second way that we can receive the gift of servant leadership is for all those who are under authority among fellow Christians, which, by the way, is all of us. So we're all listening now at this point. Regard the servant leadership in your life as a necessary provision for you. God's necessary provision for you. We are trained to be self-reliant, independent, resourceful, to stand on our own two feet. It is embarrassing to admit that you have a need, isn't it? Shameful to be served. This too is our flesh. This too is the old self. When we allow that mindset to govern us completely, we keep ourselves isolated and poor. When my girls were younger, I'd try to teach them something. Sometimes before I was even finished explaining it, I would hear, Daddy, I do it myself. I do it myself. Daddy, I do it myself. Well, you take that all the way to the final degree, and what do you have? A child that can do nothing, that has learned nothing, that is isolated and independent from their parents that are given to serve them, to help them. That's us. That's us deep down inside. We were not made to be self-reliant. We were made to be God-reliant. It's humbling to admit that we have needs, but it is honest. At least it's that. God gives us servant leaders to release us from our self-destructive independence. Through them, we learn that being served by someone it's a refuge. It's a relief. To have someone devote their time, energy, wisdom, labor, and resources for your good, it feels amazing. Now you might say, okay, all right, fine. I like the servant part, but not the leadership part. I'm fine with people serving me. I don't want them leading me. Okay, you're in good company. But let me ask you, do you ever get tired of making decisions? I'm not gonna make you raise your hands, but you ever get tired of making decisions? There's a reason why Psalm 23 comforts us when we read this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now we love to focus on the green pastures and the still waters. We kind of read past the part of makes me 
leads me. That's the gift of leadership for you. To be made to lie down, to be led beside still waters. There's a weight intrinsic to leading other people. And when that weight is carried by someone other than you, someone who has a servant's heart, it is a blessing. Receive it as such. Christ blessed the church when he gave her leaders, especially those who administer the word and the sacraments. They are given, I'm quoting Paul now, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Embrace their calling as a gift to you. These servant leaders are God's provision for you. So the final point of application here about how we can receive the gift of servant leadership is to rest in Christ, to rest in Christ himself. When he washed their feet, Jesus was doing more than just giving an example and a command. He was pointing forward to his death. The greatest act of servant leadership in history, something absolutely essential for us. Because you know this, right? We need more than a teacher. We need a savior. We need more than an example. We need a rescuer. We need more than a new commandment. We need a new heart. All of that was accomplished by Christ in his sacrificial death on the cross, in the place of sinners. His death in the place of sinners means that all who come to him in repentance and faith receive salvation in his name, receive the gift of his servant leadership. Unless he washes you, you have no share with him. Let him wash you. Then you are clean, completely clean, and you have a share with him. And what's more, now you are free to walk in his example. Not to earn his approval, but because you already have it. He has brought you in, and he will build you up as you seek to follow him. Rest in the finished work of Jesus. He is your ultimate servant leader. Look to him when you fail, and give him glory when you bear fruit. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, what could we say other than thank you for what you have done for us? When you got down on your knees and washed these dirty feet, you were prefiguring your sacrificial intercessory work for us on the cross. Jesus, you knew that's exactly what we needed, even when we didn't want it. Even when we shook our fists at you, you did that for us. Lord, thank you for calling us in. Lord, if there is anyone who is listening to this and hearing my voice who does not bow their knee and submit to you as Lord, will you please give them the gift of faith? Open up their eyes to hear you, to respond to you in repentance and faith. Lord, to all of us who are following you, please help us to receive the leaders that we have, knowing that they come from you. Help us to step into leadership with a servant mentality and help us to rest every day in the finished work that you have done on our behalf. Help us move out in our identity 
and trust in you every step we take, even when those steps are on our knees. Jesus, we love you, we trust you, and we look to you to bear fruit in our lives. Jesus, in your name we pray this, amen. Please stand once again. Next song is printed in your bulletins, or you can find it in number 92 in your hip.
Good afternoon. My name is Dennis Bullock. I'm the senior pastor at All Saints Reform Presbyterian Church, where uh, Nick and Hallie have been so faithfully serving us over the past year in an internship. Again, greetings from the James River Presbytery. We're so thankful for your uh, having us, hosting us today. We're very thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ. As Joel has mentioned, the Lord Jesus Christ gives gifts, and one of those gifts are pastors, teachers. Uh, Nick has shown himself uh, to be that man. You have recognized those gifts in him, and we are extremely thankful as well as the Presbytery. Uh, I'd like to give Nick some questions now on behalf of the Presbytery. He's coming to be ordained, having been examined, tested, and that testing sustained. Let's ask Nick to stand, and then after the questions to Nick, there'll be some questions for the congregation. I'll have you stand as well. So it's in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. These are very serious, very sobering questions. To read them is uh, to give man a little pause, uh, to say to speak. So, Nick, as I read them, would you affirm them, brother? Brother, do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments as originally given to be the inerrant word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and practice? Do you sincerely receive and adopt the confession of faith and the catechisms of this church as containing the system of doctrines taught in the Holy Scriptures? And do you further promise that if at any time you find yourself out of accord with any of the fundamentals of this system of doctrine, you will, on your own initiative, make known to your presbytery the change which has taken place in your views since the assumption of this ordination vow? Do you approve of the form of government and discipline of the Presbyterian Church in America in conformity with the general principles of biblical polity? Yes. Amen. Do you promise subjection to your brethren in the Lord? Yes. Have you been induced, as far as you know, your own heart to seek the office of the holy ministry from love to God, and a sincere desire to promote his glory in the gospel of his son? Yes. Do you promise to be zealous and faithful in maintaining the truths of the gospel and the purity and peace and unity of the church, whatever persecution or opposition may arise unto you on that account? Yes. Amen. Do you engage to be faithful and diligent in the exercise of all your duties as a Christian and a minister of the gospel? whether personal or relational, private or public, and to endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel in your manner of life and to walk with exemplary piety before the flock of which God shall make you overseer. Yes. Amen. Are you now willing to take the charge of this church agreeable to the declaration when accepting their call and you relying upon the God and his strength or for strength promised to discharge it to the duties of a pastor. Yes. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Nick. Now, let me ask the members of Evergreen Community Church to please stand at this time as you will take these vows. They're in your bulletin as well. You'll follow along and affirm them as I read them to you. Do you, the people of this congregation, continue to profess your readiness to receive? Nicholas Krause, whom you have called to be your pastor. Amen. Hallie, Nick, watch. I want you to watch. It's important. This is what you need. You're going to need this encouragement. 
Do you promise to receive the word of truth from his mouth with meekness and love and to submit to him in the due exercise of discipline? Do you promise to encourage him in his labors and to assist his endeavors for your instruction and spiritual edification? Do you engage to continue to him while he is your pastor that you that complete worldly maintenance which you have promised and to furnish him with whatever you may see needful for the honor of religion and for his comfort among you. Amen. You may be seated. Now, let me ask uh, the elders that are present ruling or teaching in Napark, please, to come forward for the laying on of hands. We've asked a few of the elders to pray. Please come forward. Nick, if you would. Uh, the floor is not too uh, cushiony. But neither is ministry, so you could. <laughs> Anthony, take this one. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this evening with great joy as we see you shepherding your church. Father, you have given us the great shepherd, Jesus Christ himself. And Father, in your grace, you've given us the church, as was talked about earlier, under shepherds, as servants of you and servants of your people. Father, thank you for this opportunity to participate in the ordination and installation of Nick Krause tonight. Father, thank you that you have brought him here to Evergreen. And Lord, may you bless his ministry among us. Father, for indeed, it is your ministry, not his, not Evergreen's. Father, it is your church. Lord, give him faithful, faithfulness as he performs his labors. Father, give him rest in times of, of hard labor, as will often come. Father, most of all, give him peace in his service for you. Father, may he lead with a fearless heart, knowing that you love him, that you have called him to this task. And Father, may the people of Evergreen be grown in the love and nurture of you. Father, thank you that you have given us your word, and I pray that he would faithfully proclaim that here at Evergreen. And Father, we asked that you would continue to love and nurture your church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Father, I pray for Evergreen Community Church, that you would strengthen her to receive the ministry that you have coming from Nick now. Help them to receive it eagerly to listen well, to follow, to encourage him in his labors, Lord, it will be hard. Help them to be constant encouragement, support. Help Evergreen to receive Nick's entire family. Lord, bear fruit at Evergreen. Bear fruit in Powhatan through the ministry of this church and your servant who's being called to lead her. We pray for many 
to come to know Jesus as their Savior through the ministry of this church. Lord, we pray for many to grow in the gospel, to grow in their love of Christ, to grow and bear even more fruit, Lord, in their discipleship here at this church. Lord, make this a place where young and old, people of every tribe, tongue, and nation that, that live nearby here in Powhatan hear the gospel clearly, enthusiastically, warmly, winsomely, and respond to it, Lord, by the power of your spirit. Please use Nick to bless and to grow this church, and Lord, may you get all the glory in every heart that's here. Lord, help this church to constantly direct the attention to you, Jesus, for what happens here that is of your spirit. Please bear fruit through Nick's ministry here. Lord, we thank you for Nick and Hallie. We thank you for the sweet marriage they have and the testimony that they are to us and their love for each other. And we pray that as the days go forward and as the years go on, you would cause this love to deepen and to grow beyond anything that they might imagine. We pray that they would love each other. We pray that when times are difficult and challenging and Satan wants them to list flaws or faults, that they would look to Christ and they would remember what Christ has done for them. We pray that this marriage would become a model for this church, Lord, as we have taken vows in your church that we may serve one another with the same love that you have called us to love in marriage. We pray that you would bless them and you would use this marriage as the foundation and the model for this church. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Nick, we give you the right hand of fellowship to partake in this ministry with us. Gentlemen, please shake Nick's hand. <laughs> now nick please remain standing i have one more thing to say um, i now pronounce and declare that nicholas kraus has been regularly elected ordained and installed pastor of Evergreen Community Church, agreeable to the word of God, and according to the Constitution of the Presbyterian Church in America, and that as such, he is entitled to all support, encouragement, honor, and obedience in the Lord, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right.
You're not done yet, Nick. We just shook your hands. We're not done. Brothers and sisters, Evergreen uh, Community Church, today's the day. We're installing Nick Krause as the new pastor of this church, and I hope and I pray that uh, you feel the weightiness of this moment, just as Nick just felt the, the weight of the laying on of hands just a moment ago. It's, it, it's heavy, isn't it? I confess, I, I did lean in a little bit on you. I wanted to make sure that you got your money's worth. Friends, it is good to be with you again. Uh, my wife, Jessica, and I, we uh, truly enjoyed uh, all the Sundays that we've spent with you over here this past year as, as part of the pulpit supply. And I could not be more pleased with how God was working during that past year and preparing Nick and preparing you and preparing us for this moment. I can remember on many Sundays, I was just sitting right over here, and as the deacons and the elders would come up, and they would uh, share updates on the search committee, and on many occasions, they would say that God already knows who our next pastor is going to be, and we just get to find out. So we've we found out today, God did know, and he's brought us to this moment. And now I have the privilege to bring a charge to you, Nick. It wasn't that long ago that I was sitting where you were, my own installation service. It was less than a year ago that I received my charge to gospel ministry, and so I can't charge you uh, to, uh, from uh, a wealth of my own experience. I can't charge you from uh, the wisdom I've gained from many years of gospel ministry, but I can charge you from God's Word. And this is the charge from Holy Scripture that all ministers of the gospel receive. That in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, I charge you, Nick, to preach the word. Your ministry is not the ministry of Nick Krause. Your ministry is the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your preaching is not the preaching of the words of Nick Krause, but you are to preach the word of the risen king. So preach the word. Preach the word as a dying man to dying men and dying women. Remember that you are in the presence of God. Your sermons are delivered first and foremost to an audience of one. And what a privilege and what an unspeakable joy it is to proclaim the beauty and the wonder and the mystery of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ back to that same Lord who is your Savior. You're to preach the word in season and out of season. And so be prepared. Have something to say to all those who need it, no matter what the circumstances. To those who need encouragement, bring them the comforting words of the gospel. To those in need of correction, remind them of the perfect law of the living God and our duty to him as his people. To those who are growing tired, exhort them to run the race with endurance and fight the good fight of faith. And above all, and most of all, preach these things to yourself. Preach these things to yourself and preach them to your wife, to Hallie. You have a great congregation here 
but make sure you make Hallie your most beloved congregation. Preach to her your best sermons. Hold fast to the sound doctrine that was entrusted to you. And don't do this from your own strength, but always in reliance upon the Holy Spirit and upon those around you. The plurality of elders is a wonderful thing. I know you've spent a lot of time over the past years reading about Presbyterianism, and so go and be a Presbyterian. Not just in theory, but in practice. Give yourselves to the elders of your session. Rely upon them. And trust them with your struggles and your doubts. Be the first to humble yourself and to apologize and to seek forgiveness. And I I won't repeat the excellent sermon that we heard this evening. But lead from a deep place, a place of deep humility, modeling yourself and your ministry after the Lord, who did not come to be served, but to serve. But this is not only what you do on Sunday mornings, much to the contrary, the pastor does not only work one hour a week, but we work throughout the week. And so preach the word throughout the week, not just in your words, but even more so in your actions. When the Apostle Paul said goodbye to his beloved elders from the church at Ephesus, he told them, you yourselves know how I lived among you. Paul's church knew how he lived among them. They knew his message. They knew his daily routine. He was in their homes. Paul says, you yourselves know these hands. The people knew how those hands had ministered to them. The hands that worked hard to provide for them. The hands that comforted slumped shoulders. And the hands that wiped away tears of grief. So Nick, make yourself known to this congregation. Open up to them. Share life with them. Visit them in their homes as they visit you in yours. And do not shrink from declaring to them the whole counsel of God, for you will give an account to God. And may they see the work of your hands as the evidence that you truly believe in and practice what you preach. And as you have just vowed before God and before all of us here, adorn the gospel in your own manner of life, and walk in piety before this flock that has been entrusted to your care. And after God blesses your ministry here for many years, as many years as he has ordained for you, may the people of this congregation be able to say, we knew Nick Krause. Preach the word to them. Make yourself known to them. Be a pastor to them. Now, a brief word to the congregation. This is an exciting time. As I've just mentioned previously, I've been delighted to get to know many of you over the past year. Uh, You are a kind and a loving and a godly congregation, and Nick is uh, just as blessed to have you as you are blessed to have him. But I cannot help but uh, think of just how how strange it is that uh, at least in the eyes of the world, of, of what we're doing this evening. It can seem commonplace uh, for us here who are uh, members of, uh, of the church and in the Christian world, but just think of how strange it is. that Here's this group of people from, from all over and different, uh, different walks of life that not only consider themselves family, 
and gather together every Sunday to worship the Lord, which is strange enough in itself. But now here, you have taken vows that you are going to receive and submit to this man as your pastor, to receive from him the preached word and to submit to him in the exercise of discipline. How strange is that? Yet it is how God has ordained us to be. And we don't give a second thought to what the world has to say about us, but we care what God says. And this is how God, according to his good pleasure and in his perfect wisdom, he's organized his church, and it is pleasing in his sight. And so over the years, the many years that you have together, remember these vows that you've taken. What does it mean to receive and submit to him? What exactly does that that look like? That means to receive his preaching to receive his teaching, and even the hard conversations that will need to be had at times to to receive all of them with eagerness and joy. It means to encourage Nick as he continues to grow in his ministry and in his skills as a preacher, a teacher, and a minister. And it means when he has already shaken your hand twice that day and you see each other again at the prayer meeting that night and he goes in for the third handshake, you shake his hand again. But you remember that the first step of discipline is sitting under the preached word and and when a word from his sermon, it strikes you at the heart. That is the Holy Spirit working, working through the preached word as a means of grace to you, and so you submit to it. The world hates the word submission, but when we submit and as we submit to one another in Christ, the Lord delights in it, and the Lord blesses it. And so may the Lord bless you, Evergreen Community Church. And may the Lord richly bless you, Nick, and your ministry. Amen. Please stand once again for our last song. It's printed in your bulletins. All people that on earth to dwell and sung to the tune of the doxology. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Serve Him with fear, His praises tell. Come now before Him and rejoice. Know that the Lord is God indeed. He formed us all without our aid. We are the flock he comes to feed. The sheep who by his hand were made. Oh, enter then.
in his gates with joy. Within his courts his praise proclaim. Let thankful songs your tongues employ. O bless and magnify his name. For why the Lord our God is good, his mercy is forever sure, his truth at all times firmly stood, and shall from age to God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Receive the Lord's benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I do have just a couple of quick announcements. Thank you all for being here. Just like Levi and Dennis and Joel. Rick and George all faithfully proclaimed. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who we are worshiping today, and I am just so honored that we could do this together, that we could make vows before the Lord. And Lord, Lord, help me to keep my end of what I vowed to you. Uh, we do have some hors d'oeuvres in the back, heavy hors d'oeuvres, so please stay, have a time of fellowship, uh, we also have uh, a guest book that is in the back. If you could please sign it before you go, I want to know who is here, and I have a pretty bad memory. So if you don't sign it, it'll make it a little bit hard on me. But this is occasion to remember. That's why we are here, and that's why I would like you to sign that book. Ben? He just said what I was going to say. We do have food ready for everyone. They're getting everything ready. We'll have desserts over on the round table over here. Both tables in the back basically have the same things on them, but feel free to graze as you wish. Okay? Enjoy each other. Enjoy the time. Uh, and please make sure the book in the back, it's on the small table right there as you go out the back door. Please do write your name phone number, whatever you like to say to Nick and Howie. And um, we're going to have Pastor bless the food.
You're very welcome. It's the wives. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for the food that you've given us. Thank you that you've given us this day of worship. And Lord, I pray that as we continue our fellowship, that our conversation would be honoring and pleasing to you, and that we would seek to live holy lives empowered by the Holy Spirit to be faithful. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yeah.